Welcome to Revealing Jesus. Are you hungry to learn more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? I am your host, Christina Pereira, lover of Jesus, apostolic leader, licensed and ordained minister, author, podcaster, and kingdom party planner. Did you know that the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus? And that simply means the more we learn about our beautiful Savior, the more we will experience all He died to give us. Join me for all things the King and His Kingdom, including revelatory teaching, interviews with Bible ministers, media leaders, authors, and more. Come discover the beauty of God displayed all across the body of Christ. Together, we are revealing more of Jesus to a hurting world today. You know, we don't want to be sarcastic, people, but we in the church are often psychological people. We're all about hermeneutics and exegesis and getting scripture right and blah, 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 blah. And Paul said, those are the hardest ones to draw into the spirit world. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries, who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services, who does all of our financial accounting. Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained. And Life Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at christinaperera.org. Do you have a loved one's special occasion coming up and don't know what to get them? Well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinaperera.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me today. He has more than 45 years of Christian ministry and leadership experience, and he is the founder and president of Freedom Prayer, the author of several Christian books, including the new book, The Spiritual Gifts Blueprint, God's Design for Your Gifts, Talents, and Purpose. I have with me here today, Andy Reese. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. It's such an honor to be with you and and so fun. I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you so much for being with me. I have uh, loved reading through your book. I think it was so interesting. And, you know, when we first talked, you said this was never a book out there written like this. So I was really, really interested to take a look. So thank you for this. I've told our listeners a lot about you. Can you share with them maybe something personal just to help get to know you a little bit about? Yeah, I'm a a father of four and a grandpa of seven and live with my wonderful wife for about 42 years now. I was an engineer, kind of a geeky engineer 
But that was always kind of my tent making. And I've just been passionate for God, I think, ever since I was saved. And I always had some kind of project boiling up with God. And I was going for walks with him in the woods and we'd sit on a log. And yeah, I just was kind of that guy. So yeah, it was great meeting you and going, ah, a spiritual sister. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that so much. You know, there's nothing like projects with God. He loves to dream, doesn't he? Oh, he does. And it's like he thinks so much of us. Mm-hmm. He trusts us. It's a little scary sometimes. Like, there you- <laughs> I know. I know. And, you know, and it's so interesting to me. He always feels totally justified in asking us to do the impossible. He has absolutely no qualms about it. <laughs> and- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you get into the middle of it and you go, oh. Yeah, for me, it's impossible. But for you, it's just another day at the office in heaven. This is awesome. Yeah, let's do it. You know, it's it's so good to do things with him. I learned, and I know you did too, long ago. We don't do things for God. We do things with God. Mm -hmm. He he never said, I'm sending you to Africa. He said, I'm going to Africa. want to come. Yeah. I will be with you. I know in the book, I think it's on page 112, I refer to so often. I give like 17 different Old Testament examples where God called people. And in every single one of those, he said, I will be with you. And he just go, okay, this is going to be really fun. Mm, I love that so much. And, And the beautiful thing is, is because of what Jesus has done, we have that experience now every single day, every moment of our days, every every aspect of our life, whether we are sitting here talking on a podcast or we're going to Africa or we are washing dishes and doing laundry or we are teaching children, it's, I will be with you. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. There's no thing that's too little. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want to do something big. And God says, no, start small. If you're faithful, little, I'll give you big stuff. Don't start there because I don't want you to make a mistake in front of a thousand people. You know, I want yes. you to sit just with your wife. Oh, okay. Okay. Plenty of that going on. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. He's so faithful. Yeah, he is. Well, since this is revealing Jesus, I have to ask you how you met our beautiful Savior, Jesus. I will. So I, I don't know if you or the listeners saw the Jesus film about the Jesus movement in California and how that all got started back in the 70s. Well, I was a part of that as it swept across the country when maybe 73, it swept to Minnesota where I was. And I was not about to do that. And some friends said, well, let's go to Billy Graham crusade. You, you'd like to see Billy, wouldn't you? And I said, yeah, but I'm not going to do anything. And they all expect me to go down front. And I thought to myself, no, they're going to be disappointed. So I go to this Billy Graham crusade. And, and of course, he does that thing where he hits his Bible and points up into the audience. And every time he pointed, he was pointing right at me. I mean, it was just like, oh, how does he do that? And then he said, you know, if you came on a bus, they'll wait on all that. And then he gave the call and, and I was sitting there. I was not going down. And all of a sudden, about 15 rows behind me, a guy stood up and started cursing Billy Graham at the top of his lungs. And I turned around and looked at his face and it's like God spoke inside and said, which way are you going? And I ran, <laughs> I pushed little old ladies out of the way. I ran down the stairs and <laughs> gave my life to the Lord. And man, things have never, never stopped. It's been so good. Man, that's amazing. Yeah, I, ju- I, I just watched the Jesus Revolution movie a couple of months ago and it was so incredible. 
incredible. And, you know, it was interesting. Earlier this year, the Lord took me to the vineyard. He took me to a vineyard church. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we are now at a vineyard church. And he was like, I'm taking you to the vineyard. And at mm. the time, I didn't really even realize what was going on, which is just wonderful. We just go because we're obedient. And then we find yeah. out what's going on later, right? Yeah. But, um, right. Wow. What a great, incredible, incredible story. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. Well, I have loved reading through your book, The Spiritual Gifts Blueprint. And, you know, this is just such an area that's so confusing. So, yeah, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> well, I was confused for a long time and I was kind of a college pastor and the confusion just broke my heart. I mean, it did. I, I tell a story in the book of a young woman who is a friend of my wife and I and would hang out with us a lot. And she said, I have to pick a college major. And I asked God who I am, what my gifting is, and why won't he tell me? He's got to tell me. And she said, you got to make him tell me. It's just kind of heavy thing. And I said, I've kind of given up on all that thing, stuff about gifting too. And let's look. And boy, that started the ball rolling. That young woman, she's still a dear friend, very dear friend. Now she's in her 40s with four kids. But yeah, and that started the search and the quick stumble into the Corinthians who had the same issues, I guess, about just kind of not knowing they, they had different issues. They were all into kind of the, when you look along the spectrum of the church, there's a whole set of issues that we have and 25 different definitions of spiritual gifts, but they were at one end of the spectrum where they were all about tongues and prophecy and disorderly church services. And they probably had deeper problems, <laughs> spiritual gift problems. and Paul said something to just set them straight. And he did it in like four verses. And that blew my mind. I mean, I was just like, oh my gosh, this here is the structure of the spirit world. This is the structure in which we live, in which we walk. And this tells us everything about in, in these four quick verses, or maybe it's two quick verses, I forget, but should I quote them real quick to you? Yes, I was just okay, thinking yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure you've read them, but yep. Paul says to the Corinthians, this is 1 Corinthians 12, he says, now concerning, and most every translation says, not concerning spiritual gifts. And that leads right to the confusion, because then you go, well, this is all about spiritual gifts. But that's not the word. The word is pneumaticos, which means concerning things of the spirit or people of the spirit. In another place in scripture, Paul talks about three kinds of people. And he says there's sarkikos, body people who are driven by their flesh. There's psychikos, psychological people who are driven by their mind and their will and their emotions. And then he said, and then there's pneumaticos people who are led by the spirit and filled with the spirit. And he said, you know, we don't want to be sarkikos people, but we at, in the church are often psychological people. We're all about hermeneutics and exegesis and getting scripture right and blah, 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 blah. And Paul said, those are the hardest ones to draw into the spirit world. Paul said, the pneumaticos world. And right here in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, now concerning, and it's not spiritual gifts, it's pneumaticos. Now concerning the things of the spirit or the structure of the spirit world. I don't want you to be ignorant. And that is a come on for us because we don't want to be ignorant either. And so, okay, there are four parts to it. And he says, there is, and a lot of 
translates go, there's varieties of gifts, but one spirit. The word varieties, and he uses this word four times, so I'll define it right here so we get it the first time. It's a funny word that was coined by Plato, of all people, and it's diiresis, which means there is an end-to-end analysis you can do of charisma gifts and one Holy Spirit. So diiresis is, I take a whole category, I put a wall around it, I divide it into subcategories, I look at each subcategory to find out what they really mean and how they relate. And then I take a step back and go, I got it. And we see that all the time in our world. If you go to the grocery store, some head of the grocery store did a diiresis analysis of how the store should be organized. So when you get on the, the vegetable aisle, you don't run into jello. You know, it's like, no, it's, and all the beans are together. And then you go and then the corn is together. So he did an analysis and because it was Halloween last night, every child who dumps their candy out on the floor of their living room when they get back does a diiresis analysis, putting the chocolate here and the suckers here and the things they're going to give their little brother here. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that. And so Paul says, now concerning pneumaticos, the spirit world, I don't want you to be ignorant. We don't want to be ignorant either. Let's go. He says, there is a diiresis of charisma gifts and one Holy Spirit. You go, check. Charisma gifts, Holy Spirit. Charisma gifts, Holy Spirit. So then I can go say, well, I wonder where that's described. Okay, got it. Then he says, there is a diiresis of ministries, of your career, and there's one Jesus. And you go, okay, so my career, the things I'm called to do in this world, there's Jesus who's the head of the body. It doesn't mean he's the chairman of the board. He's the brain in the body. And if he's the brain and I'm a body part, we're pretty intimately connected. You know, it's like my little finger doesn't really move unless the brain says move. And if I cut my finger, the brain gets the rest of the body to banish my finger and make sure I'm okay. And it's like, that's how it works. And you go, oh, that's who Jesus is to me. So I'm intimately connected. It's like, Jesus never sent anybody to Africa. He said, I'm going to Africa. Let's go together. I want you there with me. You see, and that's how it works. So there's varieties of the di- diaresis of mysteries. They said, thirdly, there's a diaresis of, and the word is energema, but there's a diaresis of energizing, so making things happen. And the father, uh, Abba, daddy, and the father. And you say, what does that word mean? That's the word when Paul says, God causes all things to work together for good. If you love me, and are called according to my purpose. What is his purpose for each of us? His purpose for us is that we understand our charisma gifting, and that is our our motivation, the lens that we kind of look at life through, the the thing that we're kind of good at, we would gravitate toward that in any situation. We understand that about us. Then we say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? And Jesus says, let's start small. If you're faithful a little, I'll give you much. If you're faithful in that which belongs to another, I'll give you your own. If you're faithful with money, I'll give you spiritual authority. And you go, okay, I'll start small. I'll be faithful because I'm doing it with you, Jesus. It's not boring. You don't want me to make a mistake in front of 10,000 people. That would be super embarrassing. So you start me small and you're really good. So you're not limiting me. You are coaching me. I can grow as fast as I can grow. And then the father says, if you're doing that, then I'm going to create crazy coincidences all through your life 
to help you, to cause things to go for you, to cause things to help you. And when you start walking in that, I, I know you're that way too, because I see your smile, but when you start walking in that, you often see some crazy coincidence and, and we can all tell stories. I could tell a gazillion God, the father stories. And nowadays I just turn and I just smile like up into the heavens to go, that was you, wasn't it? You are a sneaky dad, as a friend calls <laughs> he's, he's like, you know, you're off to your first year of college and you pack your suitcase and you open it up and there's a card and a bunch of money from dad. And you go, how did he get that in there? Well, that's dad. And we would love to do that to our kids. Well, he loves to do that with us too. And so there's varieties of energizing, of causing things to happen. And the father, and then he goes a little bit further down and he talks about the, the manifestations of the spirit, tongues, prophecy, and those things are never called gifts of spirit. Even though 80% of the church calls them gifts of spirit, they're always called phanerosis, manifestations of the spirit. Because your gift is your function in the body. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a tongues in the body. I mean, that would be awkward. But so the manifestations, and if you look carefully, you realize the only time they're ever called gifts is when he uses the word charisma to describe everything God has done. And they're in that list. But they're way, way better thought as power tools. Mm. It's like, I'm doing the thing the, the Jesus has given me to do. The Father is helping me. And it's kind of like being at the top of the ladder and you got to screw in 50 screws and a piece of plywood. And so he says, hey, do you want to drill? I'll get the right bit for you. And you go, you mean I don't have to screw these in by hand? No. That's what those things are. They're power tools. Yeah. So you're in a conversation and you're stuck on what to say. And all of a sudden, you know, you just know. You feel like your spirit on the inside is just kind of clogged up and you know there's a river flowing out of you, but you don't know how to access it. And God says, oh, now you'll understand one thing tongues is for. Mm -hmm. Let's get in tongues. And you go, crazy. You mean yeah. we can all speak in tongues? Yeah. Paul said, I wish you all spoke in tongues. That wasn't a fake wish. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. And so you go, this is okay. This is all. This is so tongues is a human capability that God uses through us. Mm -hmm. and it unclogs the river so our spirit can flow out of us in all sorts of ways. And so no wonder it was the first of the manifestations that they saw all the time, that prophecy mm -hmm. was tongues in English. But anyway, so those are the four things. So Paul lays those four things out and he says, this is the structure of the world in which you live. You have a gift and, and it, it is one gift because it's kind of like, Think of your personality. You don't change personalities as you go through life. You, you have a personality and it matures and it broadens and it becomes deeper and more effective, but it's yours. And giftings should be viewed that way. The, the charisma gifts, the, the seven charisma gifts in Romans 12. And there are three speaking and three serving and one leading. So the speaking ones are prophecy, teaching, and exhorting. The serving ones are serving, showing mercy, and giving, and then leading sits there. And they form every need in the body is covered by those seven things. They're like, if you think of the primary colors, how many colors are there? Well, if you're geeky, you go, well, there's a billion colors. You know, there's a hundred billion colors. But you say, yeah, but how many primary colors are there? There's seven. And those seven names cover the billion variations in color. And in the 
in the exact same way, the seven names of the gifts of the Spirit cover the billion variations in those gifts. So prophecy covers, you know, thousands and thousands of variations in the gift of prophecy, but they all go under that heading. And so the seven don't limit. The seven help us to understand the limitlessness of it. Mm-hmm. I love and that so, so much. Yeah, yeah, I do too. When I began to see that, oh, I began to teach that and, and the, the colored wheel that comes with it. So you can kind of look at it visually. We tested it on about 200 people. And the first time I ever taught it is to a bunch of nurses at Lipscomb University, which is a very conservative university. And here I am teaching spiritual gifts. So go figure, God is on the move. And yes, very much yes, so. yeah, I was a little nervous, but at the end of it, there's one of the, everybody left, but there's a, a young woman leaning against the wall, crying her eyes out, just, hmm. and there's another one with their arm around her shoulder. And I'm like, great, Andy, you broke another one. You know, now what did I do? I was like, I walk up to her and say, oh, sweet girl, are you okay? She goes, no, no, these are happy tears. I'm like, oh, good. I'm going to use you in the book. What? Tell me the story. <laughs> and she says, I'm in nursing, but I hate nursing. I don't want to be a nurse. I, I don't have a bedside manner. I Bedpans scare me and they freak me out. I, I don't want to be a nurse. And when you were talking about the one who shows mercy and asked people sh- to raise their hands, if that was them, half the people raise their hands. I said, no way, that's not me. And then we said, you know, one who serves and then the other half raised their hands. And I said, that's not me. But, and then the other girl who's staying with her hit her on the shoulder and said, Mr. Andy, when you got to leadership, I hit her on the shoulder and I said, that is you, girl. And <laughs> she said, I realized that I wanted to be a nurse to help nurses get a better shake in life, but I needed a nursing degree to do it. And she said, that became clear to me in a flash when wow. you described that. And she said, I'm going to go home and call my dad and tell him I'm not dropping out of college. Mm-hmm. And I thought, if this can do that, this Understanding your gifting can do things like that for us. Yeah. Crazy good. You know, crazy good. And it's happened now a bunch of times. The the agent for the book, we were talking about the book before it was fully written. And I said, I want to understand. He was Dutch reform. I said, I want to understand how gifting works in your church. And we talked about it a little bit. And he said, well, tell me about this gift thing. Didn't you develop a gift thing? You know, some kind of a gift thing? And I kind of sketched on a napkin, you know, I sketched out, I guess it was a tablecloth. Anyway, sketched out the gift circle on the tablecloth. And I asked him, and we can talk about this, but I asked him the two questions. Mm-hmm. All you yeah. need to f- find your arc in the gift circle. Yeah. And um, I Let's said, talk about those. Yeah. 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 I'm going uh, I, to, I, I'll get to those sites. I just want to finish the story and then we'll dive into the, the stuff here. I'll stop telling stories, but two stories <laughs> would be great. And this one is really good. And I said, after answering the question, I know who you are. Your art is in leadership, but it goes into giving because you formed a company and are a leader only for the purpose of creating amazing gifts that you created in your company to give to people. And he dropped his fork and burst into tears. He, I mean, this is a leader of a big company. And he dropped his fork and tears are running. And he said, you need to tell this to my wife. You just explained my life better than I could. And so he's my book agent. Now he's the agent for the shack. I mean, this is a, yeah. And he said, Andy, I want to be your agent. I said, no, no, all I wanted to do is find out about Dutch reform. I said, I know, 
that's why I want to be your agent. I'm going to be your agent for free. And I was just like, oh my gosh, God, if this works that way, I'm all in. <laughs> it's like, wow. So anyway, that's that, that, that's the fun part. Yeah. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I just wanted to give people a quick diagram. So you develop two questions, start them on that journey of discovering what their spiritual okay. gifts are. Can you share this real quick? Yeah, and, and, and let me just say, to set the thing that there's three speaking gifts and three serving gifts. And so you're primarily either speaking or serving one or the other. And so here's the question that can put you in one of those. And we're just starting. It's like, let's start with the, the answers to these questions and see where God takes us. So the question is, and I'll just act it out. So, hey, Christina, the city council is meeting Friday and, and it's like 40 council people and the mayor's going to be, it's going to be televised. And somebody always gives about a 20 or 30 minute talk about something they think council would be interested in. And I know it's Wednesday and the council meeting's on Friday, but the person canceled. Um, could you give that talk? See, now you go, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, but, I was thinking, yeah, I can do that. I was like, should I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but if your gifting is serving, you would go, H, no. You know, I, <laughs> no, I'm not, no way. And your friends would go, no, you, no, that wouldn't be you. You shouldn't do that. See, so that puts you in speaking or serving because the one who serves goes, I'll serve coffee at the meeting. I'll bake brownies for the meeting. Do not put me at the podium at the meeting. And the other guy says, brownies and coffee, no way. But I would love to tell them about some thoughts I have about this city. You know, and there you go. Yeah. So that's the prophet. That's the prophet, by the way, who would say that. I'd like to yeah. have some thoughts I have about this city. And so then you're either speaking or serving. So let's go over to the speaking side. So there's three kinds of speaking. There's one who exhorts. That is encouraging. You can do it. You know, the cheerleader. Yeah, yeah. The cheerleader. That's right. That's actually... The word is parakaleo. And during uh, marathons back in Roman times, everybody had a paraclete to run next to them the last mile of the race, the last whatever they had, furlong of the race, um, and could call to them. And that's why the Holy Spirit is called the paraclete, the parakaleo, the one who runs alongside and calls encouragement. So that's an exhortation. Then there's teaching and then there's uh, prophecy. And so each of those have a different thing. The prophet looks at what's right and what's wrong and speaks into it. The teacher looks at what's true and what's false and speaks into it. And the exhorter looks into, are you fulfilling your calling and your destiny or not? And how can I help you move into that? Okay. So let's say that you could give one sermon at church. Would it be, these are some amazing people in the church who you probably don't know because they work behind the scenes. And I have secretly got them all in here and someone is being let up from the basement right now from children's church and i'm going to call them one by one up to the front and i've got one or two friends who are going to tell them what they love about them they're all going to cry for sure and then we're going to just applaud them i see that would be the the perfect exhorter the the one who goes yeah this is man i could do this all day that's them because they they want to say this is what god loves about you what we love about you go for it the teacher if they could preach one sermon, it would be about, hey, I found this amazing pattern in scripture and it, it runs throughout the Old Testament, New Testament. And I want to teach you this pattern because once you get it, it's going to really help impact your life. The one sermon that the, the prophet would teach is this is a great church and we do so many things well. 
there's one thing if we could do better, it would really round things out. And I want to speak into that in a way that encourages you because I think you'll really get this. And so if your gifting is speaking, if your listener is saying, yeah, I think it was speaking, which of those three would be more you than the other one? Now, you might say, well, I could preach all those and I could do all those things, but which one seems the most motivational, the most like you? Hmm. And you might say, well, it's sort of prophecy and teaching. So you're not stuck in one title. Those titles just are titles for a swath in the circle. And you can start in one and spill into the other one. So for example, me, my arc in the circle starts in exhorting and spills into teaching. Hmm. And um, I think everything in the circle is scriptural. We don't have time to go into it all, but it's Peter says it's speaking, serving Paul. And Peter says, the gifts of the spirit are the many colored grace of God. He calls it the rainbow colored grace of God, which is fun. And Paul says there's seven. And I go, there's seven primary colors. Oh my gosh. You know, and so it made me do a color wheel because it, it covers 360 degrees in the body. And now I'm up above 200 people trying it out and going, oh, crazy. So then if your gifting is serving, let's ask the question, the second question for serving. And so you're part of a wait staff of a big fancy restaurant, and there's a table of business execs in there celebrating a great year. And they ordered frou-frou drinks with umbrellas in them. And the drinks aren't here in 20 minutes, and the drinks still aren't here. They've asked you a couple of the drinks coming, you know, where are the drinks? And you're feeling bad. And all of a sudden the door opens, and a young waiter or waitress walks out with a heavy tray full of all these 12 frou-frou drinks. And he or she is walking toward the table, and they miss a step and they fall right next to the table or they don't fall, but the tray tips sideways right next to the table. And you can imagine spilling all of the drinks onto the floor with a crash and a clatter and a splash. And the, the restaurant goes dead quiet. Every head at that table turns to you and turns to that waiter and goes, those are my glad. You know, they don't say anything, but you know, they're thinking that. And you are standing there looking at that scene. Number one, so then the, the question is, what is your primary thing that you would do? Would you A, go straight to the mess? Would you go, it's a mess. There's glass, there's water on the floor. We got we to clean this up. People are going to spill this. Let's, we got to clean up the mess. Or would you go straight to the person and say, yes, sir. you feel, oh, I feel so bad for you. Look, anybody could have done this. No, no, no. Now, maybe all would quick check the person, but then what would you actually do? They would just go to the person and stay with the person. Mm -hmm. okay. The last thing is they paid for drinks. This is a good restaurant. They're mad at us. We're going to comp the drinks and I'm going to go back to the kitchen and get them drinks for free because they paid for drinks. So if you were the first one cleaning up the mess, your motivational gift is in the serving area, probably. If you wanted to just be with the person and, and you could care sort of less about the mess, it's in the mercy area, one who shows mercy. And if you want to go back to the kitchen and get the drinks, it's in the giving area. That is what people need, the resources they need or the things they paid for is important to me. And I want to make sure they have what they need. Now, if you say, well, I could do any of those things, but really somebody needs to just get all the waiters and waitresses coordinated to get this done efficiently, then you're the leader. Then, then you're one who leads. And so for our listeners, you could say, you know, that one was kind of, yeah, that was me. Or sit with somebody else to listen to this and see which one they, they put their finger in your chest and say, that is you, buddy. 
because sometimes our friends know us better than us. Mm -hmm. And you could do all those things, but it's your primary motivation. The thing you first think about, Mm -hmm. even speaking things, you might be able to do all those things, but where do you live? Not where you can visit the circle, but where do you live? Mm-hmm. And and those two questions have got at least 200 people right smack dab that have tried it specifically. I know a bunch of people tried it at a conference and other places. And I've gotten so much feedback saying, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. I, I kind of suspected that. And when you described it, I said, that's me. I'm going to read about that. I'm going to say, Jesus, show me more about that. And mm-hmm. once understand that charisma, the next step is to say, Jesus, how do you want to use this in my life? Yeah. And all of a sudden, your connection to Jesus takes on legs. Yeah, it becomes pretty fun. Get ready to take your faith to the next level. As you sit at Jesus' feet, your faith will grow as you hear his word, commune with him in prayer, and feast upon his faithfulness. In this beautiful journal, you can record your time with God. It includes 52 weekday entries, which can be used as a week or a day, depending on your preference. Record the scripture you're reading, your response to it in prayer, and a journal page plus an answered prayer section to record Jesus' faithfulness. Grab your colored pencils and Bible and be sure to get creative with the images. This journal will be a powerful memorial of your relationship with a living and loving Savior. Be sure to pick up a copy of At the Feet of Jesus Worship and Prayer Journal today. Links in the show notes, or you can find a copy at Amazon or ChristinaPereira.org slash store. Yeah, well, I absolutely love that you've involved the entire Trinity in this process because It's amazing to me. I think it's a very different way of looking at things in the context of relationship and how we're moving with the Lord, not just what are we doing? We're doing things with him. We're not doing things for him. And I absolutely love that you put this in this beautiful color wheel because you're right. It doesn't always land black and white where we think it should. I know in my ministry, in my life, I've moved within that speaking side of it. But I'm also likely to go over into the mercy and the leading, not so much the service or the giving. I'm very generous, but I tend to stay probably in that love side of it. But I know so many of our listeners out there, they're going to be in in all different parts of it and the serving side as well. And I just want to say this. We need both. We need the entire circle of function. And I am so grateful for the people out there who are the givers because they help make things like this possible. Sure. It's just so beautiful. So thank you for creating this, this beautiful wheel to help us learn. Now, you also talked about the giftings of the fivefold ministers. Can we share real quickly about those fivefold offices? Because I don't know if a lot of our listeners are aware of that or not. Sure. Yeah. There's actually a, a figure on page 158 that we don't need to turn to, but that is the complete diagram. I'm a geek, okay? That is the complete diagram of the fourfold ministry and how they all work. And for our listeners, if you have the book, if you turn there and just look at it, now some of you hate figures, just don't get triggered, just don't even go there, okay? But if figures are fine, you can take one glance at it and go, oh, I get it. 
I see how Paul has organized everything amazingly. So when we look at the fivefold, that is under their varieties of ministries, but one Jesus. And that is all described in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 is Paul's description of how Jesus' ministry works through us. And so Paul talks about a number of different things, but he, he talks about the fivefold ministry in that section. And so the five are apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. And those are people with some one of the seven combination of seven spiritual giftings, but those are offices. They're never called spiritual gifts. They're never called charisma. The word charisma is not even used in Ephesians 4. Mm -hmm. The word gift in Ephesians 4 is a, well, it's a weird term, epigenetic genitive, but but it, it means the gift consisting of Jesus. That is, Jesus measures some of himself out to each of us. And then it says, and I love Ephesians 4, it says, if we each work within our measure, mm -hmm. then the third use of the word metra measure, then the body measures up to the fullness of Jesus. So all I do is work within my measure. And that's the one Jesus leads me in, helps me in. The fivefold people are to encourage me in my measure. Jesus is the brain. We're to preserve a unity and to, we all attain to a unity of understanding. And the way we do that, the way that Jesus flows through us and through the body, it says in Ephesians 4, is through ligament relationships. That is unbreakable, flexible relationships. And we speak love to one another through those relationships. And so Jesus will use a friend to speak his love to us through that relationship and relationship goes stronger and stronger and stronger. And Jesus says, I want every believer in those relationships and creating new relationships like that. So the body can grow unbounded in the earth. It can form a mesh over the whole earth of ligament relationships. And, and Jesus, the head of the body is coordinating all of that to happen. I love that so much. And you know, you addressed one of those tough questions people always ask you, are there still apostles? Are there still prophets? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, because the thing that they do hasn't gone away until the church goes away. Yeah. They're just not New Testament. They're not capital A, one of the 12 or Paul prophets, but there still is a need. If whether you call yourself that or not, there's a need for that activity to take place. There's a need for prophets. There's a need for evangelists. There's a need for pastors. Mm -hmm. If we try to make the pastor all five of those things, they'll burn out. And pastors are selling insurance because they say, I couldn't do everything they demanded of me. Why? They're demanding you do all five of those things. You can't. Right. Yeah. And it's so interesting. I think right now there's, from what I'm seeing, there's a reformation taking place. And we're no longer seeing those pastor-centered organizations, but yeah. we're seeing the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelist, the teachers coming along beside. We were always created to work together. Sure. For yes. a region, for a church, for a, you know, something that the Lord would like to do. And I have to say this, like, I am so deeply grateful for all of the fivefold that I've met on sure. this podcast, because they've each brought something to the table in their ministries, in their spheres, that's been so incredibly valuable. I'm so excited because it breaks my heart to see the pastors breaking down under the weight of it. And it breaks my heart to see the apostles and the prophets cast out because there's no room for them. 
Or they just sit in the pews, especially the young ones going, well, we have a pastor. If I want to be a pastor, I need to leave and start my own church. It's like, no, no, stop. Right. Right. uh, When the pastor's crying out for help, help us. Yeah. You know, instead of the apostolic saying, okay, where can I help? What do you need me to do? And then catching a vision of the Lord, the prophetic coming along and said, I see this. And us working together to propel the vision of the Lord for this particular organization. So They're equippers too. The prophet is an equipper. He's not just a prophet, but he equips the church to prophesy. Mm. A huge mistake is the big prophet gets up front and everybody else who might be prophets in the audience go, I could never be that good. And they shut down. Right. It's a horrible misuse of things. Right. Instead of encouraging the entire body. Yeah, they're equippers, it says, to equip yes. the body. And yeah. I love the way that you described the rainbow. So like within that sphere of prophecy, the variations of the rainbow within that. So yeah. I, know, I know for me, I'm a prophetic seer and feeler and hearer. Yeah. And so yeah. I will often pick up on people's emotions, what the Spirit of God is doing. But then yeah. I have friends who are like, strong like prophets called to the nation and they'll be like you know if ever i get into a situation where i need to be set straight i text my brother (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah sometimes yeah prophets are all about right and wrong and it's like true and false attitude you know yeah Yeah. they're not super great relationally (laughs) yeah yeah they need help but the the mature ones can get there but yeah yeah, yeah. It's so interesting to me. And I've often noticed like the apostolic leaders, they'll start things, they'll catch a vision from the Lord, they'll spur somebody else on, and then they'll move on. Right. And the pastors, they stay, they help bear the burdens, they carry a lot of the weight. Yeah. And the apostles can be very black and white when it comes to the word of God. When I get up to preach a word, like sometimes I get up and I'm like, okay, this is what the word of God says. I read it. Let me close the book. Like we're done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. Well, we each have our gifting flowing out through our personality. Yeah. And out into the world. And if there wasn't enough variation in gifting, then it flows through the personality. It's like a river. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful, clean river. And then it flows through our souls and gets the coloration of our soul, both good and bad. And then it flows mm-hmm. out into the world because it, it starts in our spirits. The, the center part is like, you know, that river that flows, it says, by this he spoke of the spirit out of their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And that's your gifting flows in that river. It's part of that river and it flows out to the world. Mm. And I love that. Yeah. And that's and, why Paul says, look, you know, we need to fix our souls. You know, we need to heal yeah. our souls, our mind, our wills, and our emotions. So they don't mess up. They don't pollute the water. They just mm-hmm. add to it. But anyway, yeah. Yes. I love that so much. And then you throw in, you know, all of our life experiences and things like that. I know I'm so passionate about healing because of what I've walked through. Oh, and, yeah. And it's so interesting to me that all gets thrown in the mix of it. And I just yeah. love the way you describe it. Like it's like a rainbow river and each one of us are unique. When you said that in your book, there's only one like you. And it even, you know, it almost reminds me of our DNA. It's our spiritual DNA. Yeah, that's a good putting it. Yeah, it's so beautiful. 
I love that so much. Well, I feel like we could just keep going on and on and on and on. Is there anything do you want to say uh, directly to our listeners before we go today? Well, I think that and reading the book in one sitting can be a lot. There's a lot in there, but I wanted it to be a reference. But what I want to say is this. There's one verse in scripture that if it's the only verse you ever knew, it would be enough. Ephesians 2.10, it says, you are his craftsmanship. Mm. Created in Christ Jesus, in Jesus, for good works, to do certain things, which the Father has prepared beforehand for you to walk in. Your job is easy, easy peasy. You don't have to understand your gifting perfectly. Just say, this is what I think. Jesus, will you help me? Will you show me? You don't have to get it exactly right. In the parable of the minus and stuff, Jesus never yelled at the people who made mistakes. He yelled at the people who did nothing. Mistakes, part of it, you just get another take, you know? And so I want to say to, to people, just go for it. You have works prepared for you. When you say, I think this is my gifting. Jesus is with me. The Father is going to cause these things to work for good for me. This is going to be so fun. And my only job is to do my best to walk in these gifts. Not better than my best. Not perfect. There's no score. And Jesus said, I'm not sending you someplace. I'm saying, will you go with me? Mm-hmm. Will you go with me to the grocery store? There's a store clerk there. I'm going to show you. And I want you just to encourage her. I'll, I'll give you a little nudge at the time. A little thought will pop up, a little picture. Uh, you might suddenly see something about her that you go, oh, that's cool. Just tell her. You can even stumble and flub around. That makes it more authentic. Go for it, kid. You know, and you do that. And pretty soon you go, this life is incredible. And so I just want to invite the listeners into that incredible life with daddy God, the best of the best of the best, Jesus, your big brother, who is with you and has uh, some fun things to do. It's like your big brother comes over and says, I've got eight fun things while I'm home. You want to do them? Let's do them together. That's Jesus. That's your life. And the Holy Spirit, who not only gifts you, and we haven't gone there, but the manifestations in 1 Corinthians 12, the, the nine manifestations, all of those are available to you when faith meets need. Every single one of those. Tongues is available to you, not just a few, everybody. Prophecies. Suddenly knowing something you shouldn't know, but you know it just in the nick of time to do the thing you need to do. Word of knowledge, that's available to you. We just give it a title that sounds churchy, but it's not. So I'm going to say, just go. If you say, God, I want to do the things that you're calling me to do those works. God's like, my child, I am all in. Let's go. Hang on. It's going to be exciting. Amen. Amen. So good. Well, I'm so thankful for you encouraging our listeners to do that because, you know, we need each and every single one of us and God hasn't created us to sit on a shelf or on a pew. We were designed to be used and vessels of him, vessels filled with him, for him, through him, by him. And, uh, you know, I think each and every one of us, we know that deep down inside. Yeah. And uh, I'm so thankful that Jesus has made it possible. He's removed the sin, the shame, the everything out of the way. 
and reconnected us to that eternal source of life. Yeah. And Jesus never compares us to anybody else. Never. No. He compares us to the grace he's given us and then only to encourage us. Mm-hmm. Not to yeah. point out faults. Satan does a good job of that, but to encourage mm-hmm. us to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if I could just say this real quick, there's always more grace. It's not uh, how much he's willing to give. He's given everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. And he continues to give and he has no stop button. So need more grace. Receive more grace. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So good. Will you pray for our listeners today? Whatever the Lord lays on your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Father God, Papa God, I just ask you because every listener is your child and you love to treat each one as an only son, as an only daughter. That's why you sent your only son so we could see this is how I treat you too. And I ask you, Father, that a spirit of encouragement would flow through each of these and whether they get a sense of their gifting right now or not, that a spark of life, a spark of fire would kind of ignite in them. They'd go, you know, I'm created for an amazing purpose. It's not random. I'm not just here trying to figure out. All I'm here to do is to say, God, where are the Easter eggs you've already hidden for me, not from me? And my life is going to be finding those Easter eggs and laughing. Satan will hate that, but God, you love that about them. And God, I ask that you put that encouragement inside of each one. Even now, would you ignite in them this sense of not just hope, but joyful hope, of hope that just kind of stops and laughs once in a while at your goodness and at the dad jokes you play sometimes. Father God, you are so good. Jesus, thank you. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Andy. This has been so fun. Good. Oh, fun for me. So good to meet you, Christina. Oh, it was so good to meet you. I learned so much. I did. And I know this is going to help encourage our listeners so much. So thank you for this. Yeah. Well, good. Appreciate what you do. My pleasure and honor. It's not easy when he's so amazing and he's hidden such treasure in each one of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, now I know you're out there, so I may tune in once in a while. Oh, I would love that. I would yeah, love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I hope and I pray today's episode has blessed you. I will have links from today's podcast in the show notes under Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira, wherever you get your podcasts. There you'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, Andy Reese. And be sure to pick up a copy of The Spiritual Gifts Blueprint, God's Design for Your Gifts, Talents, and Purpose. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Beloved, let me introduce you to my King. He is altogether lovely. No matter which way you turn him, he is perfection personified. He is velvet and steel. He is meekness and majesty. He is glory and humility. He is kindness and strength. He is altogether lovely. And he is my king. And he can be yours as well. All day long, he holds his hand that you might take that you might turn one step, one grasp, one yes, 
one breath away from the arms of your loving Savior. Beloved, if you hear him calling your voice today, do not harden your heart. The Bible declares that not one of us is guaranteed another moment upon this earth. So pray this prayer with me today and run into the arms of the one who loves you, who knows you best. Father, I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin, for all of the places that I have fallen short, God, of your glorious standard. I ask you now to send your Son into my heart to be the forgiveness of my sin, to be my redemption, to be my righteousness, to be my holiness, to be my sanctification. I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me, to fill me with your Spirit, your power, your glory, that I might bring glory to your name, Father. I thank you that I receive all of this by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself up for me. I thank you that I am now a child of God, fully forgiven, fully righteous, fully holy in your eyes. And I ask you to help me walk out this life in a way that pleases and honors you, Father. I thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. I thank you for your love, for your kindness, for your great joy in saving me. And I thank you, Father, and I thank you, Holy Spirit. And I pray all of these things in your beautiful Son's name. Amen. If you've just prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to congratulate you. You are now a child of God, and all things are now yours. Keep listening to Revealing Jesus. Find a good Bible translation that makes sense to you. And keep hearing about our beautiful Savior Jesus. Please let us know. We want to continue to pray for you. And we want to send you a free PDF copy of our new Believer Workbook. Just go to christinaperrera.org slash welcome hyphen home. Enter your email address and we will be happy to send this free gift. And continue to pray for your journey. God bless. I sincerely hope and pray today's episode has blessed you. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation. We are all evangelists of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like this episode, rate it, share it with a friend. If it's impacted your life, let them know that you want it to do the same in theirs. Help spread the word of the good news of Jesus. Subscribe to the mailing list and get episodes, articles, downloads, and more sent right to you. Link in show notes or just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. Again, that's JESUS, 1-833-815-7778. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can find us at Christina Prayer Ministries on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.